god we are the mystery history podcast i'm allison i'm rachel i'm jordan welcome to episode 102 on bell gunness yep yep excited to talk about it that's right before we get into this episode we've got a few things to discuss shall we like share subscribe that's right please please and then if you if you would like you can join our patreon we have a two dollar tier and a five dollar tier and we're still giving away stickers for free for free the first the first round went out already i just mailed them out today which is tuesday of the week prior to when you're listening so hopefully by the time this drops you will have one if you don't have one and you didn't ask for one, ask for one and we will send it to you. We will. It would make us happy to do so. Very happy. Uh, so what else? Oh, we are kicking around the idea of doing a ghost hunt. Some yeah. paranormal investigation. Yes. Possibly towards the end of August. Yep. And we're trying to force Jordan into going because he's a little skirt. He seems into this mm-hmm. one. <laughs> he, I don't know. Yeah, they were talking about one earlier. I never heard of, and it was like a thousand dollars to go look. No, at it staircase or some shit. It's the Paulding County Jail, the old Paulding County Jail. Somebody hung themselves, and other things happen there. And I'm pretty sure they found <sighs> people bones. And ghosts are ghosts. Other things happen there. That's Other a things. Description. <laughs> and there's ghosts wow. there. For right. Sure. I mean, and it's yeah. for it was for a group. So what what we're getting at here is we're gonna pick a date to go. Uh-huh. We're thinking heavily about Wa- Waverly Hills Sanatorium. Mm-hmm. We are gonna pick a date. We're gonna let you guys know, and if you guys are interested in going, you can come, and we will be there, and we will do an investigation together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just and we're be probably prepared. what Jordy screams like a little bitch. okay. When I was 10, can confirm, <laughs> log oh, him in a dark God. room, he'll lose his mind. He doesn't like it. That's why I'm just going to be in the corner with a camera recording everybody so that way I can just focus on that and not on the demons. <laughs> Have we already told the story about babysitting him? Before? I don't think so. Oh, oh, this is a good story. <laughs> Do you remember this, Jordan? Yeah, every night. <laughs> oh, well. Are we going to tell it? You tell it. Tell it right no. now? Tell ah, it. I hardly remember. Uh, I remember getting in trouble because your mom called my mom. <laughs> and <laughs> I got in trouble. <laughs> yeah, how old were you? Like seven, maybe? Deserved it. Yeah, and yeah. and we, we were forced to babysit him. And we yeah. wanted to cure his scaredness of the dark. Yep. <laughs> and we thought to do this, we would just lock him in his bedroom with all the lights out. Because <laughs> we're professionals. Yeah, <laughs> and he's going to magically not be afraid anymore. That works. It was like, get used to it and it'll be fine. Realize well, that nothing's going to get you and then you'll all be all right. Shit. Well, it didn't work. I tell you that. And no. now he's <laughs> at his age of 30 or whatever, however old you are nowadays. Still scared like of the 28. dark. <laughs> no, I'm not. It's okay. You can tell him. <laughs> I'm not anymore. Not anymore. 
Because we well, cured you. <laughs> you are welcome. Yeah. Maybe I really did do it. It might have. But yeah, we got I, big trouble. deathly terrified of the dark. You had to be younger than seven, right? Because I don't, I'm not good at math. I'm better than Allie, but I'm still not good at math. But I remember I wasn't allowed to babysit until I was 13 because of what we did to you. <laughs> and I think I, I, think I was probably I, five or six. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I was like, not yeah. allowed to babysit at all until I was 13. My mom was piast. Well, just for the record, <laughs> he wasn't in there by himself because somebody had to hold the light switch down. And yeah, we went in there. We and were cover the door too. Yeah, I mean, we were you in there with the you. Door. We did. Yeah, but I wasn't. I didn't want to be in there at all. Well, we were with you. You were safe. Yeah, I was. I was ready to die to not be in that room. <laughs> yeah, I was. He was going hard. Hard. Then I'm pretty sure you know those like miniature baseball bats that you get. Oh, he from chase, the Reds game. Yeah, he would chase me around the house with those. Very violent person. Well, sounds like you deserved it for being honest. <laughs> mm, I don't know. It's hard to tell. I, I would say. She's that, just trying to uh, help. We were just trying yeah. to help. <laughs> That's all. And look, now you're fine. It's a miracle. Oh. I'd never broke one of those doors because those were the thinnest doors in America. Yeah, because I used to just make it to my room in time <laughs> and close the door and lock it. And he would just bang. And I'm like, you're going to break the door. Mom's going to be so mad at you. But he never did it. He would have been mad. Yeah. I kicked so. a hole in my brother's door with a, a inline skate Whoop. one time. Yeah, I punched a hole in the basement door, and then later a hole in my closet door, and then just covered it up with poster. <laughs> You're really angry. I did yeah. put my I put my elbow through my wall. <laughs> it's easier to do. It. It's easier than you think. <laughs> yeah, I was very mad, and I was sitting on my bed, and I just did one of those, and I don't well, know. For all the kids out there listening, don't punch holes in things. Yeah, that's your parent. That's your parents' house. Talk they were really hard for that. It was right. very yeah. It's very expensive. So. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we know that now. Especially now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously. So, that, so that's the story of how we cured Jordan and his uh, afraid of the dark syndrome. Yep. Not cure. Thank you. And now he's able to go to Waverly Hills. Yep. For a ghost yes. hunt. So. So yes, back to that. Very. Thank you for bringing us back. Yes. Wrapping it around. We are gonna go. So if you would like to go, where is it? Is it in Louisville? I think mm. so. Yeah, Kentucky. Yeah, it's in yeah Louisville, Louisville. It's, it's in Louisville. Louisville. Yay! And we will be. It's going to be a Saturday, and then we're going to stay the night, and and we're going to do brunch on Sunday. Yeah, brunch on Sunday. It'll be super fun. And then Friday, we're also talking about going to Bobby Mackey's. We are yes. drinks, getting drinks mm-hmm. because we're too afraid to summon the demons. <laughs> Yeah. They, the offer seances. Seances. they offer seances and we are not partaking no. trying to get some that. bud light with the mm-hmm. devil drink yeah. a couple bud lights with the devil and go next home. to the portal to hell <laughs> that's right so yeah. plans so if, so you're interested, if you're interested yeah if you're interested in hanging out with us having a beer seeing some demons <laughs> it'll be a great time um and then if you yourself think of any other kind of things that you would like to see any kind of investigations we're gonna be planning some more um but but if you have any ideas let us know and we'll see what we can do to make it happen Mm -hmm. okay okay all right well let's get into this episode um and let's talk about bell bell gunness all right so bell gunness was born i'm gonna butcher this one 
Brynhild Palsdatter Sreth, I think is how that's said. Um, so she was born that on November 11th, 1859 in Selbu, Norway, to Paul and Barrett Storset. She was the youngest of eight children, the daughter of a stonemason. She was confirmed at the Evangelical Lutheran Church in 1874. At age 14, she began working for neighboring farms by milking and herding cattle to save enough money to pass or for passage to New York. Gunness immigrated to the United States in 1881 in search of wealth. When she was processed by immigration at Castle Garden, she changed her first name to Bell. Then she traveled to Chicago with her, to join her sister, Nellie, who had immigrated several years earlier. In Chicago, while living with her sister and brother-in-law, she worked as a domestic servant, then got a job at a butcher shop cutting up animal carcasses. Ooh. She, yeah, not a good job, I would say. Mm. Um, she stood six feet tall and weighed between 95 and 113 kilograms, or 210 to 250 pounds. Um, and was physically strong and masculine in appearance. She worked at the butcher shop until her first marriage in 1884 to Mads Detlev Anton Sorensen. It might be German. Just a hunch. Just Mads. a bit. That's a good first name. Mads. Mads. That's a cool name, yeah. That is. I like it. Also, she was six foot. Yeah, that's yeah, tall, especially like... from back in the day. Yeah, mm-hmm. people were smaller yeah, no then. Mm-hmm. She looks like Mrs. Trunchbull from Matilda. <laughs> she does she look does. like Mrs. Trunchbull. Wow. Ooh, good terrifying. Call. Not good. Not a no. film you want to look like. I'd say. I do not like it. <laughs> she looks like exactly like Mrs. Trunchbull. She looks like she never smiled one time. No, she hates everything. No, she does look like that. I want to see. I didn't have a picture, but I would love to see this person that married her. Mads. Oh, what's he look like? I don't How know. tall is he? I hope he's like five five. Oh yeah, and she just carries him 122 around. One hundred and twenty-two pounds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. But anyways, so she was a big lady. She was out there butchering animals, <laughs> and then she got married. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's an infant, just so you, because you guys can't see it. But uh, yeah. yeah, there's a baby. There's so a- their their life together seemed to be marked by tragedy. Gunnis and Sorensen opened a candy store, but it soon burned down. They had four children together, but two allegedly died of acute colitis, which is inflammation of the large intestine, which can result from poisoning. Mm. Bell had insured both of the children and collected a large insurance check after each death. <laughs> just, just setting it up for y'all. Get ready. <laughs> <laughs> Neighbors gossiped about the babies since Bell never appeared to be pregnant. In 1900, their home burned down, but as was the case with the candy store, Gunnis and Sorensen were able to pocket the insurance money. So both of these places burned down and they got insurance money. Their two children died. They got insurance money. Then on July 30th, 1900, tragedy struck again. Sorensen died suddenly of a cerebral hemorrhage. Strangely, that date represented the last day of Sorensen's life insurance policy, as well as the first day of his new life insurance policy. <laughs> no dummy. <laughs> his widow, Donis, collected on both policies $5,000, which is $150,000 in today's money, which she could right. have only done on that one day. 
What oh, wow. are the odds? <laughs> lucky lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lucky. Yep. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Though her husband's family demanded an inquiry, no one at the time chalked it up to anything but a tragic coincidence. So dumb. she fine. Gunnis claimed that Sorensen had come home with a headache and she had given him quinine. The next thing she knew, her husband was dead. Don't you hate it when that happens? On the perfect day. <laughs> Dang. What was insurance like in the 1900s? They're just like, oh, my house burned down. Like, all right, here's all the money we have. Right. Like, what kind of filing system did they have back then? Right. Oh, no. Or investigation. Like the police. I mean, yeah, the police make- back then, like, um, what's his name? The guy in Chicago who killed all those people? Jack the Ripper? No. John Dillinger? Nope. <laughs> That's from here. H.H. Uh, Holmes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. he just kept telling him, he's like, Yeah, my wife ran away. Like, oh, that's crazy. See you. Yeah. Yeah. She <laughs> went to go visit her sister. Okay. Yeah. Who cares if they she even had a sister? They just believed me. Yeah. I... Right. That's what how I did... imagine insurance being like. How, yeah. How did the insurance companies even make money? Because I feel like every time we do a story that's like in this time frame, it's like insurance money, insurance money, insurance yeah. money. People were ripping that shit off all day and now Especially in chicago what, when half the city just burned down how they have any money to do anything yeah yeah <laughs> what a time to be alive whenever you could just get away with shit like that now we got stuff like paper trails and filing systems and the internet <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so bill gunnis left chicago with her daughters myrtle and lucy along with a foster daughter why would they give her a foster child named jenny olsen <laughs> Newly flush with cash, Guinness bought a 48-acre farm in LaPorte, Indiana. There she set about making her new life. Neighbors described the 200-pound Guinness as a rugged woman who was also incredibly strong. One man who helped her move in later claimed that he saw her lift a 300-pound piano all by herself. Hey, like music at me home, she supposedly said. (laughs) I mean, yeah, uh, by way of explanation. And before long, the widowed Guinness was a widow no longer. It's Guinness. I'm what did saying. I say? You keep saying keep, Guinness. I, I, every time I look at it, I see Guinness also. You so too. I'm, Come yeah. on. It's sorry. Guinness. Sorry for it's the only thing in the world Guinness, that remotely I mean looks Guinness. the same. <laughs> Just know That's what, what I every mean. Every woman wants to be uh, okay, described Belle. as. as it's rugged. Be, yeah. <laughs> Ruggedy. But apparently the men didn't mind. Yeah, no shit. Railing them in left and right. (laughs) In April 1902, she married what? Peter Peter Mm Dennis. Strangely, tragedy seemed to return to Belle on her doorstep again. So weird. Peter's infant daughter from a previous relationship died. Then Peter died. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, he had fallen victim to a uh, sausage grinder that fell on his head. From a wobbly shelf. Whoa. The coroner described the incident as a little (laughs) queer, but believed that it was an accident. Wow. That is something that Gunnis was never referred to as. A little queer. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what you mean? (laughs) Stop it, your child. We used to talk. We used to talk funny. Yeah. So, oh man, Gunnis dried her tears. She was going to be okay, and collected her husband's life insurance policy of three thousand dollars. 
Only one person seemed to be catching on to her habits, and that was her foster daughter, Jenny Olson. She said, my mama killed my papa. Olson allegedly told her schoolmates she hit him with a meat cleaver and he died. Don't tell a soul. Afterward, Olson vanished. Her mother, her foster mother initially claimed that she had been sent to school in California, but years later, the girl's body would soon be found in a hog pen. Mm. It's the same shit I was just talking about. They're like, oh, yeah. she left. She like, left. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. She's in Everybody's California. Everybody's in California. Yeah, that's <laughs> insane. Can't get like, in touch with any what, of those people. <laughs> what? I guess you couldn't really do shit back then. Like, you can't be like, oh, I'll call them. Like, yeah, you really right, can't. You gotta if wait. Somebody- until they reach out to you which could be never i mean what are you gonna do uh trolley out to california and like roam the countryside trying to find them like that's not how that works i didn't see them even like mail even (laughs) if like you sent a letter it could be months before you they got the letter or they sent you one yeah and sent a letter to where right well for this express it was literally on horseback. So yeah. yeah. And like you said, who, how do you send it somewhere when you don't even know where, know where they are? Yeah. It's crazy. Ridiculous. So maybe Bell Gunness needed money or maybe she had developed a taste for murder. Either way, the twice widowed Gunness began posting personal ads in a Norwegian language uh, newspapers to find a new companion. One read, a uh, personal com- comely widow who owns a large farm in one of the finest di- districts in LaPorte County, Indiana, desires to make acquaintance of a gentleman equally well provided with view of joining fortunes. No replies by letter considered unless sender is willing to follow answer with personal visit. Triflers need not apply. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> This is ain't no trifling shit over here. Ain't no trifling hoes up in this moment. Uh-uh. Not on this farm. <laughs> According to Harold uh, Schechter, a true crime author who wrote wrote Hell's Princess, the mystery of Belle Gunness, butcher of men, Gunness knew exactly how to lure her victims onto her farm. Uh, in quotes, like many psychopaths, she was well shrewd in identifying potential victims. They, uh, these were lonely Norwegian bachelors, many completely cut off from their families. She beguiled them with promises of down-home Norwegian cooking and painted very sed- a very seductive portrait of the kind of life they would enjoy. But the men who came to her farm would not have a life to enjoy for very long. They arrived with thousands of dollars and then disappeared. She had this shit figured out. Yeah. She was importing people to murder. <laughs> yeah that's insane and like can you imagine showing up at her door and like a six foot 200 pound woman <laughs> greets you <laughs> like hello my name is bill <laughs> on a lady and then like she will take you out <laughs> my name is guinness <laughs> <laughs> that's right i don't know that's weird too that you could like put in the newspaper like no trifling. I'm, I'm a widow. Like the first tender, you're just like. Uh-huh. It is like tender. <laughs> like I'm not looking for any, like trifling people. And then like you have to come <laughs> to my house if you respond to this. Like it says that. That's insane too. Yeah. <laughs> so like that's Holy ridiculous. Shit. One of her ads was answered by a Wisconsin farmhand, Henry Gerholt. After traveling to Laporte, 
Gerholt wrote his family saying that he liked the farm, was in good health, and requesting that they send him seed potatoes. So, like, he's going to plant some stuff. When they failed to hear from him after that, the family contacted Gunnis. She told them Gerholt had gone off with horse traders to Chicago. Hmm. Another another yes. one of those. Just disappeared. Just a couple of horse traders, and he's just gone. Yeah. What can I tell you? She kept his trunk and fur coat. John Moe of Minnesota answered Gunnis's ad in 1906. After they had corresponded for several months, Moe traveled to Laporte and withdrew a large amount of cash. Although no one ever saw Moe again, a carpenter who did occasional work for Gunnis observed that Moe's trunk remained in her house, along with more than a dozen others. That's like coffins. Holy shit. Like, where are you going to put all that shit? You know what I mean? Like, a trunk yeah. is a big-ass piece of... It's you a big-ass thing. It. Yeah, like yeah. all these guys are coming and then just their trunks remain. Wow. <laughs> yes. Uh, one lucky man named George Anderson survived the encounter. Anderson had come to Gunness's farm from Missouri with money and a hopeful heart, but he awoke one night to a terrifying sight. Gunness leaning over his bed as he slept. Just touching the ceiling. She's oh my God. <laughs> Anderson was so startled by the ravenous expression in Gunnis's eyes that he left immediately. So he's lucky to have gotten out of there alive. Well, yeah, left and like, like misery shit. <laughs> like, oh yeah, like heavy breathing over his uh, bed. <laughs> so, meanwhile, neighbors noted that Gunnis had begun to spend an unusual amount of time at her hog pen at night. She also seemed to spend a lot of money on wooden trunks, which witnesses said she could lift like a box of marshmallows. Meanwhile, I didn't even know they had marshmallows back then. <laughs> That's the most shocking thing of all. In 1906, who would have thought? <laughs> Meat, potatoes, and marshmallows. Yeah, that's what they got. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> men showed up one by one at her door and then kept vanishing without a trace. Mrs. Gunnis received men visitors all the time. One of her farmhands later told the New York Tribune, a different man came nearly every week to stay at the house. What a hussy. <laughs> like, Is literally, she... though, like, if she was, maybe she was getting in with these what? guys, too. Oh, I'm sure she did. She looked like Mrs. Trunchbull. Hey, it was the like 1900s. Then. <laughs> They're all yeah. herself. <laughs> she could manhandle them. <laughs> yeah. She introduced them as cousins from Kansas, South yep. Dakota, Wisconsin, and from Chicago. She was always careful to make the children stay away from their from her cousins. Yeah, because they didn't she didn't want them to get attached. Like, don't get attached. <laughs> yeah. The pigs are hungry. <laughs> He's going with the horse people to Chicago. In 1906, Bell con connected with her final victim, which was Andrew Heligelin. And he found her in an ad in the Minneapolis Tidend, a Norwegian language newspaper. What? That's how you say that. To the end. I'm proud of you. What? To you just said it twice differently. <laughs> <laughs> Every time it's going to be different. Um, it was a newspaper. <laughs> Before long, Gunnis and Heligan began exchanging romantic letters. 
He said, we shall be so happy. Oh, she said, Mm -mm. we shall be so happy when you once get here. Gunnis purred in one of her letters. My heart (laughs) beats in a wild rapture for you. My Andrew, I love you. Come prepared to stay forever. In Mm. my hog pen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Like all the other victims before him, he decided to take a chance on love. He moved to LaPorte, Indiana on January 3rd, 1908 to be with Belle. Then... He disappeared. So far, <laughs> Bell Gunnis had been able to largely escape detection or suspicion. But after Andrew stopped answering letters, his brother, Isle, Isle, mm. Azel, 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 Mr. Azel, he got interesting name. That is, he got worried and demanded answers. So Bell deflected it. He, she said, "You wish to know where your brother keeps himself." Well, this is just what I would like to know, but it almost seems impossible for me to give a definite answer. That's very vague. Mm, so, so vague. <laughs> she suggested that maybe Andrew had gone to Chicago or perhaps back to Norway, but Eisel didn't seem to be falling for it. Something was a bit suspicious. Suspicious. A little bit. So concurrently, Gunnis had began to develop problems with a farmhand named Ray Lampier. He had romantic feelings for Gunnis. Mm. Wow. Good for uh, him. And resented, resented, he liked a rug, and I'll tell you what. Um, <laughs> he resented all the men that showed up at our property. They the two... like had a like thing going on. Like they were like oh. on again, off again, was up, was not up. You know? He must have liked him if, or she must have liked him if he lived. That's great. Yeah, he did. Um, the two once apparently had a relationship, but Lampier had left in a jealous rage after Helgeny. Helgeny, such right. a hard last name. It's uh, that's a lot of Andrew. 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 Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. On April twenty seventh, nineteen oh eight, Bell Gunnis went to see an attorney in Laporte. She told him that she had fired her jealous farmhand Lampier, which caused him to go mad. Gunnis also claimed that she needed to make a will because Lampier had apparently threatened her life. The man is out to get me, Gunnis told the attorney. I fear one of these nights he will burn my house to the ground. Gunnis left her attorney's office. She bought, uh, she then bought toys for her children and two gallons of kerosene. That night, someone set her farmhouse on fire. How convenient. Hmm. They found the bodies of Gunnis's children and what they believed to be Gunnis, but inexplicably, the skull was missing. Lampier was quickly charged with murder and arson. When Lampier was arrested, he was wearing John Moe's overcoat and Henry Gerholt's watch, which was uh, two of the men that disappeared earlier. Police began to search. <laughs> Bad look. Police began to search the farm grounds, hoping to find Gunnis's head. Meanwhile, Azel Helgelin, Helgelian, whatever, <laughs> had read about the fire in the newspaper. He showed up in hopes of finding his brother. For a while, Andrew assisted, no, Azel assisted police as they sorted through the rubble. Although he almost left, he became convinced that he couldn't do so without looking harder for Andrew. I was not satisfied, Helgelian recalled and i went back to the cellar and asked one of gunnis's farmhands whether he knew of any hole or dirt having been dug up there about the place in spring in fact the farmhand did 
Belgunis had asked him to level dozens of soft depressions in the ground, which supposedly covered trash. Hoping to find a clue related to his brother's disappearance, Huglian and the farmhand began to dig up a pile of softer in the hog pen. To their horror, they ended up finding Andrew's head, hands, and feet stuffed into an oozing gunny sack. Further digging (laughs) yielded more grisly discoveries. In the span of two days, investigators found a total of 11 burlap sacks, which contained arms hacked from the shoulders down and masses of human bone wrapped in loose flesh that dripped like jelly. Why would you say that? Why would you say that? Why would you why would you liken it to jelly? (laughs) Never again. (laughs) Authorities couldn't identify all the bodies, but they could identify Jenny Olson. Gunnis's foster daughter who had left for California, quote unquote. And it soon became clear that Gunnis was behind some pretty horrific crimes. That is, and why would they give her a foster child? Like, because they didn't I mean, think they she didn't was know. doing anything. Yeah. They just didn't realize what was happening. Oh, that's so sad. So, and she knew it too. That's the worst part is that. Yeah, she knew that yeah, her that mommy is, murdered yeah. daddy and yeah yeah. Mm. that's awful lampier stated that gunnis also uh, asked him to burn down the farmhouse with her children inside lampier also asserted that the body thought to be gunnis's was in fact a murder victim chosen and planted to mislead investigators according to lampier the impending visit of azel motivated gunnis to destroy her house fake her own death and flee so why would in anybody's right mind would that be okay to burn a house down with kids with inside inside that you probably knew very well because you were a farmhand? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Edward Beckley, a journalist, was given a secret assignment to acquire a, a access to a confession and published it, thus bringing a second inconsistently pure account to light. The second account is based on the report that Lampier contacted a Reverend Ed- Edwin Shell and provided him with a verbal confession that Shell transcribed and had Lampier sign, a document that Shell kept sealed in his personal safe. Beckley attempted to convince Shell to allow him to publish this later confession, but was denied by both Shell and Shell's wife. However, separate newspaper published a story with speculation regarding the second Lampier confession, described as, worry, as worried as to the peace of the families of the victims, Shell offered the confession to Beckley, which was later published. The Beckley narrative entitled Lampier's Confession contains this summary from Beckley. In the confession, Lampier said that he had killed Mrs. Gunnis and children with an axe, sprinkled the bodies with kerosene, and set fire to them at the house. It gave details of the slaying and told of his part in the former murders which occurred at the Gunnis farm, his task usually being to bury the bodies in the garden. The essential fact, however, was that the murderess was not alive as a fugitive. The publication of Lampier's confession resulted in the subsequent arrest of his accomplice, Elizabeth Smith. The inconsistencies between the two confessions, including the matter of the survival of Bell Gunnis, remains historical, remain historical issues that are not re- fully resolved. So in his confession, he's saying that he ch- chopped him up. 
in his Dang. first confession, he's saying that she told him to burn the house down and she left. And in his second confession, he's saying that killed he them. killed them. Yeah. So. Jesus. Mm. This is fucked. So Lampier was found guilty of arson, but cleared of murder. He died in prison, but not before revealing the truth about Belgunas and her crimes, including burner her, burning her own house down. The body that was recovered was not hers. Belgunas was pronounced dead, even though the doctor who performed the post-mortem testified that the headless body was five inches shorter and about 50 pounds lighter than Gunnis. No explanation was provided for what happened to the body's head. Whether Gunnis died in the fire or escaped remained uncertain, although the sheriff blamed a Chicago-American reporter for inventing the escaped story. Reported sightings of Gunnis in the Chicago area continued long after she was declared dead. At the time, police looked into reports of women suspected to be Bell, none of which led to her apprehension. In 2008, DNA tests were performed on the headless corpse in an attempt to uh, compare the DNA in the corpse against a sample from a letter Gunnis had sent to one of her victims. But due to its age, uh, the sample was not able to be properly tested. Sucks. Likely Gunnis said, yeah, so close. And you just, it's just mm -hmm. inconclusive. Too old. Mm -hmm. likely Gunnis had planned the entire thing and skipped town after withdrawing most of the money from her bank accounts she was never tracked down and her death has never been confirmed wow. i mean she's dead now for sure yeah but... she's gone. yeah now but isn't it crazy that back in the day all you had to do was chop off the person's head and you can make you them be anybody you wanted i mean yeah. essentially she's like five yeah. inches shorter and yeah. 50 pounds lighter and like that's me <laughs> yeah like duh don't question just yeah. fucking anybody could be a police officer in the 1900s they're just yeah. like yeah that's her well like, they yeah. just be like, like her. that is the dead be. person and it's in her house <laughs> yeah. so it well, must be her dead. i'm not yeah. a doctor yeah. but i think we got a good one here yeah must be her. <laughs> case closed there are no cold cases before like 1970 no nope. <laughs> after gunness's crimes came to light the gunness farm became a tourist attraction Spectators came from across the country to see the mass graves and concessions and souvenirs were sold because we're concessions. nasty. We are. We are we nasty. Want, you know Who that wants if this popcorn, popcorn. Look at the bodies. Yeah. 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 Get you some popcorn over here. Jesus. How about a keychain? <laughs> if you oh you know, you know that if this was still there today, we'd you be would drag my ass over there. I would not, yeah. I would not be the one that would be like, let's go there. You would be the one. <laughs> And I would get a motherfucking keychain. Okay. <laughs> Not okay. For some reason, concessions is worse than souvenirs. They're just like, yeah. Eat some food over these yeah. dead bodies. Have some candy while you enjoy okay. the grave site. Yeah. Yeah. But but, but also, what kind of souvenirs were they selling? I mean, that might be worse. Like, what were they yeah. selling for real? Because it wasn't keychains. I mean, no, back then, I don't know what the fuck they would sell maybe pencils <laughs> i don't know <laughs> such a guess maybe, maybe pencils, pencils. <laughs> i don't know i would love to know that's messed up moreover the crime became an acknowledged part of area history the laporte county historical society museum has a permanent bell gunness exhibit gunness hmm. has also been the subject of at least two american musical ballads Method, a 2004 film starring Elizabeth Hurley as Rebecca, is portraying Gunnis. 
um, in a film within the film being shot in Romania. Haven't seen it. Hmm. Don't know what it's about, but weird. In 2000, I'll check it out. Yeah, I know. She's she's pretty hot <laughs> and always happy. Who's the one in that Brendan Fraser movie? Yeah, Bedazzled. Yeah, Bedazzled. Yeah. Well, she's good in that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> first crush. Is that your very first crush? That's cute. Maybe. Pretty close. <laughs> um, Nev Campbell and... from Scream was number one, but that's the a close second. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. In 2017, true crime podcast, My Favorite Murder, performed and later released a live episode detailing Dennis's crimes. The Farm is a 2021 film starring Tracy Lords and is based on the Bell Gunness story. So we just missed that. Have you guys seen that? I haven't seen that. I'm not. We're missing out. In the Garden of Spite, a novel of the Black Widow of Laporte, is a 2021 novel by Camilla Bruce with elements of Norwegian noir and true crime based on the life of Belle hmm. So she's true. inspired a quite a bit of things. Yeah. yeah. And some very recent things. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know. This is one I never heard of. So this is very interesting. Yeah, I've not. never heard somebody, of this either. Somebody suggested this. Oh. We should figure out who it was because I don't know who it was, but it was for our hundredth episode they when we asked re- for requested. suggestions. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, that's such a good one" because I have heard of this, but oh. um, we ended up doing. Well, if you're but... the one that suggested this, tell us, and then we will shout you out on our next episode. We promise, and we're sorry that we, we forgot your name, but. Did we forget their we will, name? We will avenge you next episode. That's right. We'll talk about you for 10 minutes. We will. Tell us your life story. We will tell it all. We will read it. So let us know. And then a voice message and we'll play it. And oh, we'll talk about it. oh, be yeah, like, you're the one message. that forgot me. And be real. Oh. Yeah. Pulling me. Be dramatic. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. That's right. But yes, That's how I would do it. Suggest this. So this was a good one. And this yeah, wild. I always thought this was really interesting and like, crazy that you could even do this like this woman pulled this off i mean I'm just saying, like anything around the 1900s is like crime was so fucking easy but yeah the thing, the thing that okay let me just say this the thing that i don't get as a mother why would you if you got this thing going on where you can murder all these hubbies why would you go after your kids if this is a continual cash cow for you to keep getting men you know what i mean like Probably. Why would you yeah. go after your kids? Yeah, like why would you murder she, your children? She didn't until she was getting away. She doesn't need that load on her back. She's got shit to do. No, she's trying listen, to get out of town. She her two kids died right before her husband died of mysterious mm-hmm. circumstances. She probably killed them. In yeah, so she had them money. both insured. Yeah, for I know. So this was this was before she had her whole thing figured out though. This was like when she was learning yeah, how to do it. Yeah, this was like the beginning of things. Yeah. This is when she first figured out. That was like, that was the first yeah, her first insurance like, that she collected. Well, there's a I special bet. place in hell for mothers that kill their yes. children. That's all I've got oh, to say about that. Yeah. For sure. For Husbands, sure. I would, um, maybe purgatory. I would say one, but... one died uh, <laughs> of natural causes, I bet. And then she got the money. They and then died like, oh. from the same thing, though. Yeah, but they, from, they could yeah. be done from poisoning. But they said she never appeared pregnant, too. So were they even her kids? Oh my god, probably not. Probably Who some knows? kids from Chicago. 
Yeah, she found yeah. on the streets of Chicago. I mean, her parents they went all, to California. The two girls in this picture do look like her. The what? baby yeah. does not. You think so? It's blonde. Yeah, yeah look the, at their one, face. Yeah, the taller one does. Yeah. Look at their noses and their mouths. They're still little though. And their brows. But it does also say what they died I of guess. can be caused from poisoning. Yeah, that's so, what I'm saying. Maybe she one, maybe one passed away, and then she's like, "Oh, I can make money," and then poison the other one. Well, like I said, if she did it, special place in hell with her name all over yes. it. I mean, there's a special place in hell for her, anyways. She was like, "Hey, lonely men out in the world, you want to come live on not... my farm?" Well, well, yes, that <laughs> is totally. You, you like a rugged woman? That that is I bad. Got it right here for you. <laughs> that is bad, but those children are innocent. Like. Yeah, I can't. I mean, it's just like yeah. animals. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely worse. I'm sure that those men did something in their lives that was unsavory. These children did they nothing. They may or may not have. Oh, you don't know their lives. Men? Yeah, fuck. <laughs> you don't know Dirty their lives. Dirty dogs. Dirty dogs. Men. They're trifling. They deserved it. <laughs> Goodness. Can you imagine going somewhere just off of letters to like no. be with somebody? No. You just show up and at somebody's doorstep. Like, I am here show- now. And then that's her. You show up and it's that her there. Like yeah. well, and it Whoa. seemed like I'd be scared the, from the moment I walk in the door. It seemed though <laughs> like the manhandle the fuck out of me. The email or not emails, the pieces of mail, like the, about the seeds, getting the potato seeds or whatever. Like, yeah. Unless she wrote that, it seemed like he was like in it to win it. You know what I mean? For he a minute, was down yeah. with what was going on. Right. Well, she had yeah, a nice big farm and like a billion dollars from killing all these people at that point. I mean, if you look at it, she had $150,000 in today's money from killing her husband. From her first husband. Like, and then like her second her second one, so that was $5,000. Her second one was 3,000. So that's like almost that much too. That's a lot of money. Yeah. To have so of course they were like, "Heck yeah, let me get some potato seeds and go ahead and honker down here." Man. <laughs> like I don't know. Yeah, it's pretty wild. It makes sense she had an accomplice though cuz I mean that's a lot of fucking people that that's she a lot like of killing. rolled through. That's, yeah. yeah. The trees are like marshmallows, guys. Boop. They're like marshmallows. <laughs> Just I still can't get over, over the jelly like substance. That's fucking. What a I way still... to put I can't Ooh. get over the marshmallows. Who would have thought? Nineteen oh two. They were around. Here marshmallows. They yep. Now you know. I would have thought that was like nineteen forty. She need all that money for. Her. She just had a fucking barn full of marshmallows. Probably. <laughs> yeah, I would. They just are made they? these bitches, and they are good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, She's all right. crazy. That, I mean, that story is very crazy. It is, and it went on for a very long time. It did insane uh, okay so let me send my sources i used wikipedia.com all that's interesting.com and biography.com that's it well thank you for sharing that tale mm-hmm. and thank you to our an- anonymous currently anonymous soon to not be anonymous friend that suggested it yes and if you have any more suggestions we're open to hear them we have everything panned out for ooh, probably like the beginning of may yeah, we don't and then, we only have like yeah. two more episodes planned. We got a schedule. Yeah, so if, yeah, if send, you... it's very interesting to hear about these ones because like we said, we never heard about this. So it's very interesting to 
hear about the little or known or lesser known crimes because it's, yeah. it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. It is. So yeah, send those over and then we will uh, schedule our episodes out for May and we'll make sure to pepper in some of those from you and your suggestions yep all right well we hope you enjoyed this episode 102 on bell gunnis and we'll see you next time bye bye bye